and we should be good to go. All right. Yeah. Purple NBA podcast, episode five. How we all doing? Your boy, Sotiko. And today we're joined again by our resident NBA draft expert, JJ Creates. <laughs> Glad and to be here. While we are watching the... Well, I, I turned it off in the second quarter, but the Minnesota Timberwolves are just decimating the Lakers. Not a, a bad game all around. Yeah. Um, Anthony Edwards was shooting the lights out. It's just, it's just unreal. Pat Bev is being Pat Bev, but he's also scoring. So I just, I don't know, man. It's, 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 it's very tough to watch these Lakers, man. It really is. I didn't realize the how bad the, you know LeBron supporting cast was till, you know, till tonight. That was. Yeah, it's very bad. Um, and like the bright spot. The bright spot is Austin Reeves tonight. Just crazy, man. Lakers shot 40% and... Major, they're just not a good team. They're going to lose their 40th game tonight. There's 13 games left. It's... Possible that they don't... Win 35 games. See how many games are left? Like ten games. Yeah, just over ten. They got thirteen games left. Um, I think they face some pretty hard teams coming up as well. We've got. Let's have a look. I think the Wolves have like the hardest seven-game stretch this season, according to record-wise. We got. It's ridiculous. We got that. Let me see if I can find it. <laughs> the Lakers. We have a. A road spell right now. Toronto, Washington, Cleveland. Probably lose all three of those. At home against Philly. Back on the road. New Orleans, Dallas, Utah. Back at New Orleans. Then Denver. Phoenix, Golden State, OKC, Denver. It's just mudded. It There's really a few is. games you guys can win out of that, but yeah. We're That's close. Fine. Like, we're close to dropping out of the play-in. Who's the team in the 11th spot? Uh, Trailblazers. And they're... The 26 and 42 Lakers are going to be 29 and 40. So they're about five games back. But with those upcoming games, like... Anything could happen. Anything could mm. happen. And we just don't have like a... It's obviously been tough with injuries this year because as soon as the season started, AD got hurt. And then once AD came back, Braun got hurt. And then once Braun came back, AD got hurt. And then as soon as AD came back, AD got hurt again. Yeah, so you guys were never able to really get that rhythm going. Yeah, I think Russell, AD, and LeBron played nine games together, ten games together. Of those ten games, I think they were seven and three. But I like the ultimate take in this is 
Russell's contract, I think, has hindered us the most because beyond just the big, quote-unquote, big three, it's the depth, man. Mm. There's just no depth there. Like, you... You pull up the stats and you look at who's shooting above league average for threes. LeBron, Carmelo, Malik Monk. Yeah, you can't have that and just have three. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Ellington is too, but it's on a super low clip. But yeah, there's also no defense being played. Um, and like I said, like... Westbrook, it's just it's a failed experiment. Failed yeah. experiment. <laughs> I yeah, it's really the only way to put it at this point. Yeah, if you are playing and starting every game except maybe one, and you have the lowest win share, I think he's like bottom ten in the entire league for lowest win shares per forty-eight. It's just, oh, is that right? yeah, the shots that he takes, the, the plays that he doesn't really make, the turnovers, the fouls, the lack of defense. Like, it's just atrocious watching him every other night and then watching just guys like Patty Mills, Seth Curry, Jordan Poole, even Pat Bev, like any other point guard, I think right now I would take. Like, you have... Braun, who's giving you 30 a game. Eight boards, six assists. I feel like he'd have nine or ten assists if dudes just made their shots. And he's not even... He's not even, like, the main ball handler because they have this weird lineup that Frank Vogel loves to run with Russell Westbrook just chilling in the dunker zone because he can't shoot. And it's to the point where, like, he just doesn't shoot anymore. Which, I don't want that. Like, he needs spacing. And he just, he clogs the lane. Like, LeBron's taking the most threes this year because he has to. Because if he doesn't, who else will? So, it's just, it's just an ugly fit. An ugly team. And I'm just so over it. And I'm so ready for the season to be over. I don't even, I don't really care about the playoffs. For the Lakers wise, like I'm, I'm excited for the playoffs as a neutral NBA fan, but I'm like, I just, yeah, the season's a wash for me. Like, yeah, at that point, if I was the Lakers, I would just regroup for next season. Yeah, hundred percent. That's definitely the plan. Because like they'll make the play in, but at what point is AD gonna get back? Can AD stay healthy throughout the playoffs? It's just hard to see. Mm. It's just super hard. And it's like there's there's teams with a lot less that are doing a lot more. And I think that just comes down to... I I just feel like Vogel lost the locker room a little bit. Uh, you yeah, look at cohesiveness. Exactly. Like I was watching the 2020 highlights. The bench was just lit all the time. And I was watching the finals. I was watching the playoffs. Like, it just seemed like that group just gelled together. This group, it just doesn't gel together because I feel like there's more individuals than anything. And I feel like that starts and finishes with Westbrook. 
Because you, you see him on the bench. He's not he's not dapping anybody up. He's not talking to anybody. Like, in the first quarter, he got subbed out. Avery Bradley was going for a high five, and Russ just walked right by him. I was like, okay. We can get him out of here. That's fine. Mm. It's just ugly, man. Yeah, he just seemed lost when I was looking at him tonight. Mm -hmm. Like, he bobbled a pass earlier in the game. It was, yeah. Yep, and you have LeBron, who, I mean, he's had to score. He scored 50. He scored 56. And those are the only time since the All-Star break that the Lakers have won a game. Yeah, I was going to say, aren't they like 0-8 if he doesn't score 50 or something? Yeah. And I was so hopeful for the Lakers because pre-All-Star break, they had this comeback against the Jazz, and the crowd was lit, the energy was lit, the passion was lit, but there was just nothing else going on. There's nothing else there, and since then, it's just been this weird cluster of games where every game, it feels like it's the same game. The Lakers start off terribly slow. They give up a huge lead in the first, and then they, they're playing catch-up the entire time, and after the game, the players are like, oh, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's wrong. Yeah. Then why are you a professional basketball player if you can't analyze that and know clearly what's going on? Like, the defense isn't there. The effort's not there. The shooting's not there. And just the, the cohesiveness isn't there. So it's weird. You look at different games, like Kyrie's 60-point game, KD's 53-point game, the nets are literally just like you are going off here's the ball take us home and and Kyrie's like in his 60 game similar to cats like they were subbed out relatively early in the fourth mm -hmm. i think for different reasons i think towns was foul trouble but yeah mm -hmm. both early in the fourth it was, they were, I mean, we've just had these dominant, huge scoring games recently. And it's weird because I was thinking at work maybe like two, three weeks ago, like, you know, LeBron really hasn't had like that crazy game in a minute where he's just gone the heck off. Then he goes off for 50 twice. And I was talking to my other coworker about uh, KD. Now, KD could literally, like, I think he's such a great scorer because he's so, he hovers around that, like, 30 to 27 point mark every night. So, you know what you're going to get with KD. He has the tendency and the capability to pop off, but that's not really his game. I think if you look at his um, career high for points, I think it's relatively low yeah. compared to the other top scorers. 100%. Um, I think it's in the low 50s. Yeah, he's he's had 50 on the dot a few times. And I believe his career high. 50, 54. Yeah. And that was with the OKC, his MVP year. Which is weird, you know, because KD's a high-volume guy. Super high-volume guy. But... 
yeah, he's he's just he hovers can, like he's around the the th I I would bargain that he has almost maybe top top three for thirty point games in NBA history, but obviously without Stat Muse, that's hard to check. But <laughs> that's just what he does. Like he, that's where he sits around, and he's been that. He's literally been who he is since his rookie year. Like yeah. since he started getting the volume for his shots. Because his rookie year, he shot 17 shots a game with not a whole lot of threes, like two and a half threes. That's a high volume. And his career average is 18.7 shots a game. So, like, he's been who he is since his rookie year. And since 2012, he's been a 50% shooter from the field, which I feel like you kind of need to be. Uh, to be one of like the elite elite guys in memory, but there's a huge debate right now on like who is the better scorer, KD and LeBron. Yeah. I mean, how do you feel about that? Like KD, who obviously he's a volume shoot first kind of guy, 27 a game for his career. I think LeBron 27.1. I'll preface. LeBron, pass first kind of guy, but also 27.1 a game. So I think that's the thing. I think, you know, like you said, LeBron's known as like a all around guy. You know, he's, he's not known for just one thing when KD's more so just, you know, he's a scorer first. Mm -hmm. I think the way his game looks too is, you know, KD looks like a scorer. Like you know, how effortless he scores sometimes in the definitely with the pull-ups and the yeah. So I think I think LeBron's probably more of a productive scorer, isn't he? I would say so. Like I think when we when we like, just talk pure basketball, I think the talk should be less about points scored and more about points generated, which should include assists, which should include um like points per possession and i feel like in that sense i think lebron is just head and shoulders out of this world compared to kd I'm not saying that kd's a bad score i think kd's one of the greatest scorers ever but like if Put that ball in the hands of one dude for a lone possession. And if you just look at the advanced stats per 100 possessions, LeBron's points, 36.7. KD's points, 37. But then you look at the assists. LeBron's giving you 10 assists, where KD's giving you 5.8. So LeBron's creating more points, which that's what you need in basketball. I think that's what separates them as offensive players. Cause, I mean, you got people comparing their scoring ability, but mm -hmm. you know, once, like you said, once you add the, you know, points created and assists, the playmaking, mm -hmm. you know, LeBron's a better offensive player. <laughs> definitely, definitely, and I think that's also like where people get kind of lost with the whole 
Michael Jordan thing. He and it's 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 tricky with Jordan because he put up a lot of his points early on in his career when they really weren't making it out of the East. Like his first call it, was a one big team. Yeah, call it five and a half years. He's averaging thirty-three points. His last what would this be? I won't count as Wizards years. Like we'll just say Bulls. His last years on the Bulls, he's averaging thirty a game. When he's playing winning productive basketball, he's averaging thirty a game. When he's playing losing ball, he's averaging thirty-three. And then if you throw in the Wizards days, obviously his his points drop, but he's not uh, at the same time. He's not really generating more points than LeBron because he's only giving you 4.8 assists per game with 28 points a game. And this is this is Jordan when he's winning games like Jordan winning rings is giving you 30 points a game, 4.9 assists as opposed to LeBron winning rings. And LeBron's hovering at what did he win his first ring in 11 to 12? 27 Probably a game. Like 27, 7, I guess. Yeah, 27 a game, 7.7 7 assists. So he's generating yeah. more points. I feel like LeBron's ought to have the most points plus assists ever. Yeah, um, he's the only guy in NBA history with 10,000 points, 10,000 rebounds, 10,000 assists. He's also the only guy with 30,000 points, 10,000 and 10,000. Quite a milestone. One hell of a milestone. And I think he's one of the seven guys with 10,000 assists, period. It's uh, Stockton, Kidd, Nash, Magic Johnson two other dudes I can't think of right now and LeBron and LeBron's the only forward yeah. he's, he's the only non-point guard and it's just like that's just insane the fact that he's still averaging 30 a game and when he's 37 just weird it's just weird and I don't want to turn this into like a LeBron thing but like it's just it's just mind-boggling what we're watching right now. And um, you have people trying to discredit it. Mm-hmm. The other two were Mark Jackson and Chris Paul. Mark Jackson, Chris Paul. Yeah, I expect Chris Paul. The only the only two in the top fifty that are still active is Westbrook at eight point five thousand and Rondo at seven point five thousand. Wild man. It is crazy. It's unreal even. Um, Because LeBron's even top 50 in rebounds. Top 50, which is just nuts. Because you think of how many dudes in the league were grabbing every board in like the 40%, 30% field goal era. 
The only active player ahead of him is Dwight. This is nuts. And like you look at the contrast, like DeAndre Jordan has 10,000 rebounds. LeBron has more rebounds than DeAndre Jordan. That's crazy. And like DeAndre Jordan's game is rebounding. That's yeah, why he gets paid. And rolling. It's just it's just mental. It's just mental. Like there's I don't think there'll ever be more of an all-around guy in the history of the game that we'll ever see like when it comes to generating points playing defense winning in transition winning titles and he's done all of this with like the most expectation of any player ever it's just nuts there's never it, gonna yeah, be it's crazy because people yeah. you know people out there are comparing x player to lebron at one part of the game but LeBron usually just is way better every other part than X player. Yeah, like we'll get into we'll get into one certain guy who was supposed to be the next LeBron a little later in the pod, but it's just nuts. Like you could you could see, and I think Bron said this in an interview. Like if he wanted to, he could go score 60, 70 points, but. The thing that I like about LeBron and why LeBron's my goat is because he's going to make the right play every every time. Whether that's driving, kicking to Danny Green when the game's on the line. Whether that's scoring the last 25 points against the Detroit Pistons. Whether that's bringing the heat down when they were down by 16 in the third quarter in game six like he's gonna make the right play he's gonna do what he has to do and i feel like that just gets so misconstrued and underwritten about is that there's guy and i think there's only a few guys like that in the league i think Kyrie is like that i think kd's a lot like that too because kd for the great score that he is he can he can deliberate the ball and say, like, this is your time. This is your moment. He did that a lot with Harden and OKC. He did that a lot with Curry and Golden State. And he's doing it now with Kyrie. And I yeah. think that as a leader, as like the guy in the league, because for me, the top two players in the league right now are still LeBron and KD. And they've been the top two players in the league for the past decade. And no one's yet to strip their mantle from them. Because it's just consistently, it's them too. Like, you can have two or three good years like Curry had. But the past two years, Curry's not really been who he was. Like, he kind of he flamed out. You can be incredibly good like Morant this season or Jason Tatum this season. But unless you're giving me, like, Four or five straight years of just complete basketball. Much less 10. Much less 10. Much less 18 in terms of LeBron. Mm. Like, it's, it's hard not to say that this guy who's been playing pretty much every game, 
pretty much in the playoffs every year, going deep in the playoffs almost every year, who's made it to 10 NBA championships in 18 seasons. He's won four of them. It's hard to say that that's not the greatest thing that we've ever witnessed. And I totally understand that the 6-0, I understand that. But with the context and when you just look at and you see how weak the 80s were, how weak the 90s were, only getting to six championships, like that doesn't truly impress me for someone who's supposed to be the greatest player of all time. But... 19 straight years of just great play with the expectations that the man had. Like, there's a Sports Illustrated cover when he was 20 years old. And they're already putting him in, in, in the best ever debate. And yeah. his fucking second year. <laughs> well, that's when he took the leap to, you know, top three, top five player, wasn't it? Yeah, that's that was his... I mean, every year since his rookie year... He's been a 27, seven and seven guy. Every year, a couple years, he's averaged eight or nine rebounds. A couple years, he's averaged eight, nine, 10 assists, but, and those are on some bad Cleveland teams too. Yeah. Now it's on, an... I think he's had, I'll be honest. He's had two, he's had one great Laker team. That was the team that won the finals. Last year's Laker team was good, but with all the stuff that happened with the virus and stuff, all the stuff that was going on with injuries, with AD not being in the in the Sun series, and still almost beating the Suns, like it's hard to say that last year's team was anything less than above average still because they still had a lot of really good pieces but this year's team is awful the first lakers team was just super young and even then like lebron was still that guy but they just shut him down to get the draft pick to trade for ad um well they were a plus 500 team when he was playing in those games in the first yeah, year I think, wasn't they? yeah they were second seed before he got hurt I remember that clear as day. They were second seed. Um, 34 games in is when he got hurt. And he was out for 17 games. In those 17 games, we've got loss, loss, win, loss, 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 win, win, loss, loss, win, win, loss, 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 loss. And then when they, they obviously, they shut him down um, for like the last stretch just to get the draft pick. But yeah, man, he's just, he's just unreal. And I have zero problem calling him my goat, debating him for my goat. Cause I think he deserves it at this rate. I was never really a huge LeBron fan until they beat the thunder because obviously I was a Sonics fan. I was a KD guy. Mm. Um, <laughs> But 
it just there, there just comes a time where you just have to accept things you have to stop being nostalgic about things and when you look at the stats like her game her game LeBron is generating you about 45 points a game from points and assists. So he's pretty much giving you almost half of your offense with not even one of the high, like his usage rate is not even that crazy. Which is also another thing that I don't think people understand. So he's generating you over half of your offense and his usage rate is less than a third at 31.6 for his career so Damn. having the ball for less than a third of the time he's generating you over half your offense that's also freaking insane it's just a testament to how great he is man looking at the usage leaders and i don't even think i see him in the top 10 for a season like Westbrook was number one for his um during his MVP year. Yeah, I think Westbrook's up there. I think Harden would be up there. Mm -hmm. Um, I think Luca might be in there. Yeah, this season is going to be in the top ten for Luca. Looks like definitely. Jordan's in there once. It looks like. But yeah, you go down. Yeah, you have to go all the way to 54 to get LeBron. Yeah, wow. And John Morant's like two spots under. That's yeah. crazy. Jordan's in there a few times over LeBron. Harden's in there a lot. But yeah, I actually, I, I really like the usage rate stat because if you look at those guys, I think the only... I think the only guys to actually get out of the first round in the playoffs and like the top 25 are Iverson and 01 Harden in 18 but I think they got eliminated I feel like they got eliminated in the second round or the third round um, of the playoffs but I think the funnier one is the Boogie Cousins at 11. <laughs> chilling at 36.5%. I think that's probably on New Orleans at that time. It's either that or he was at the very end of the Kings era. Yeah. It I, looked like yeah. it was Pelican. No, it, it looked like it's... it's I uh, think that's the year he got traded, actually. What? Yeah. It's split between the two. <laughs> but just super funny. I, it's one of my favorite stats. It's one of my favorite stats because it's also why I kind of don't really value Westbrook's triple-double season because it really wasn't efficient at all if you really look at it. Um, he had the ball more than any player ever. And... By a solid margin. <laughs> yeah. Like him and Harden are just chilling up there. And then a whole two points later, it's Kobe. And then, oh yeah, Westbrook again. I've never been a huge Westbrook guy personally. Like I knew he was good, 
I knew he's always good, but just his level of play was just never efficient. And then when he switched up to the triple double thing, he changed the way that he played completely. Mm. Like you're not going to see the same Westbrook that we saw in like 2013, 2011, 2012, like that what Russell Westbrook that was just a dog, just a killer wanted to win wanted to play defense wanted to make huge dunks huge plays like that that's not his game anymore and i think he sold out and it kind of sucks because we're never going to see like what that russell westbrook would look like in his prime because he spent his entire prime chasing triple doubles and now because of him no one really cares about triple doubles i think that's super mm. safe to say He's kind of, I don't know what the word is, desensitized it. That's a perfect word. Yeah. Yeah. It, it just doesn't, it doesn't do anything really. Mm -hmm. like people get triple doubles every night. It feels like now. <laughs> yeah. Cause I feel like they, he set the, the blueprint. Like if you want to, cause obviously, and the media is just, they get baited by triple doubles. I feel like. And I feel like that's the whole thing with Jokic is that, I mean, that's it. that's pretty much his game is to hover around a triple-double. And if Jokic was just playing a more traditional, because I feel like Jokic isn't really a center. I feel like he's much more of a power forward. But... That's also, like, we're in a positionless era. I feel like Jokic is just playing some super efficient ball, but it gets crapped on because of a guy like Russell Westbrook mm. doing what he did with triple doubles. Like, it's nice to see a center that can facilitate, but it's not really... I got him an MVP, but is it is it winning basketball? And ultimately, I just don't think that it's winning basketball. The triple-double chase. I think with Westbrook, yeah. we've seen that. Uh, with Jokic, we've seen it. With... It depends on what you mean by winning, because you know, Jokic's supporting cast is... You know, without his top you know, two other yeah. guys, he's doing pretty good. But yeah, in the playoffs, mm -hmm. remains to be seen, I guess. Yeah. I mean, they got to the they got to the Western Conference Finals, but uh, was, that, was it in the bubble? It was, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. they came back down three-one against the Clippers and the Jazz and the Jazz. Yeah, man, how do you feel about uh, like on honest opinion on Rudy Gobert? Yeah. <laughs> um... I don't think he should be on day 13. I don't either. And I, I put out my NBA superlatives today. Mm. Um, do you want to do you want to hear them? Sure. All right. So I'll give you my awards first. And I'll start bottom to top. The rookie of the year. I did uh, Cade Cunningham. Okay. Coach of the year. I did JB Bickerstaff from Cleveland. Sixth man of the year, I did Tyler Hero. Because I feel like there's just not that much contention this year. 
is either him or Sadiq Bey for me, but I looked at the stats and Sadiq Bey actually starts a lot of games. And that's how much I watch Pistons basketball. Um, I really, like, I try. I try yeah. and watch Pistons basketball, but when Cade's injured or when he's not playing, it's tough to watch. When he's playing, though, definitely can watch. Oh, yeah. Um, Defensive Player of the Year, Jaron Jackson Jr. You know, I'm an analytical guy, and I think he's been the best player on defense this year, bar none, all around. Yeah, because uh, I know we were, we were just kind of like, who, 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 you know, who's gonna win? And like, mm-hmm. was a few weeks ago we did, but yeah, yeah I think there were really no standouts. Seems like he's kind of separating himself from the pack. Definitely, uh, most so. improved. I just said John Morant. He was my pick at the start of the season. So I'm just going to ride it. He's averaging 27 and a half points per game. Last yeah, year he was on 19. Challenges. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> oh, no, you're good. Um, He improved his field goal percentage. He's at 49%. He He's shooting 34% from three. Last year he was at 30. His effective field goal percentage raised 44%. No, 40. Mm. Sorry. Point. 044 from 48 to 53 and on the same amount of turnovers he's added 8.4 points per game yeah it's across the board <laughs> yeah he's, he's he's just the best he's one of the best point guards in the league this year um I think it's crazy like because i don't I don't know if some considered him a top 40 player, you know, last season. Now he's, what, arguably top 10? Uh, I would say so. I'm going to pull up my... I did a top 50 list before the season started. I want to say I had him at, like, 32. I'm going to try and find that really quickly. Um, But then my MVP, uh, LeBron James. LeBron James. Yeah. Big, big LeBron James guy, and I don't think they're gonna—I don't think they'll give it to him. But what I would—it's just what I would have. Mm-hmm. What I would do. I think he's—I think he's head and shoulders above anyone in the league right now. Um, where do I have Morant at? I had Morant at 35. Um, guards I had... Yeah. Guards I had above him. Drew Holiday. Uh, Zach Levine. Trey Young. Booker. Chris Paul. Donovan Mitchell. Curry. Kyrie. Harden. Lillard. Doncic. That's like, what, 10 guards? <laughs> yeah. It, like, roughly. And then my MVP voting. This is how I'd break down my MVP voting. Uh, first place vote would go to LeBron. Second place vote would go to Embiid. Uh, because of how we, the context given with the big men in the East. It's just so much better than the big men in the West. Uh, third place would be Luca. 
Fourth place would be Jokic, and then fifth place would be Morant. I feel like Luca. Yeah, your top five. I do not. I do not. Because I I feel like, and I we're gonna talk. About, I'll, I'll hold off on the Giannis comments because you're gonna ask me another question about Giannis in just a little bit. I guarantee it. Um, so here is my All NBA first team. This is how I would vote it. This is how I would do it. Luka Doncic, John Morant as the guards. Uh, the forwards would be LeBron, Kevin Durant, and then the big man would be Joel Embiid. Second team is going to be Chris Paul and Mitchell as the guards, DeRozan and Tatum as the forwards, and Jokic as the big man. And then... Third team, we're having Trey Young, Booker, Giannis, Draymond Green, and Carl Towns. Hmm. How are we feeling about that? Giannis is third. <laughs> and I'll hmm. tell you why. I'll tell you why. Like, okay. No disrespect to Giannis. He's having a he's a phenomenal player, having a phenomenal year. I feel like we gave him his roses, though, with two back-to-back -back MVPs when maybe he could have got one of them, but he got two of them. He's only playing 32 minutes a game because he's just on a great team. And I feel like the way he's coached, the way his team works, it it's just a it's the Bucks, like they're the champs. They're an amazingly deep team. They've not really faced any injury qualms. Um, if anything, they got deeper, like if, if you just look at their, if you look at their, what is it? One through 10 through holiday, George Hill, Wes Matthews, Chris Middleton, Giannis, Pat Connaughton, Bobby Portis, Sergi Baca, Grayson Allen, Jordan Awara. There's a deep team. They're super deep, and they have the Great Wall of Lopez. So it's 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 just it's tough. It is tough right. to give me a Giannis first or second team vote when I feel like the other guys above Giannis have to do a little bit more for their teams. That's what it boils down to. I feel like Tatum, without Tatum, the Celtics are not in the playoffs. I feel like they're a wash. Tatum's really the only guy that the Celtics have that they can go to if they need a big bucket, a big shot. Um, DeRozan, because he's just been phenomenal this year, and I feel like he deserves it. And then KD and LeBron, I just feel like, are better players on worse teams than Giannis. If I, like DeRoz yeah, if, if I could one. put DeRozan is a tough one like that's what I was that's what I was having to choose between but, you look at the production 30 11 almost 12 and then six assists like mm -hmm. I feel like that production is gonna be hard to ignore it is you it's know, also it's also tough the free because team. is DeRozan a two guard is he a small forward like yeah. It is rough. I I voted in DeRozan as a small forward though. 
And I did it because I feel like people had no expectations for him to be who he is right now. And I just feel like he, what he's doing right now for the Bulls, granted, they're not really competing well. I think they're 0-12 or 0-13 against top 500 teams. Yeah, they're going to get a quite a first match or quite a first round matchup. Against the Celtics right now, it yeah. Ends to them. Yeah, oof. I I just think that, especially with the injuries and stuff, he's kept the Bulls afloat. I think they're fourth in the East right now. If you ask people in the preseason, like who was going to be the top five teams in the East, I guarantee maybe ten percent of those ballots come back with the Bulls on them. Uh, Nets, Sixers, Bucks, Heat. Yeah, who 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 would people think that fifth team would be before the season? Celtics, maybe. Yeah. Um, the Hawks, who went to the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, definitely. Not. They didn't, definitely probably didn't predict the Cavs. The Knicks, uh, who spent big money. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Knicks are twenty nine. Like the Bulls made moves, but. Like, no one valued DeRozan. Like, and I don't want people to start revising history. Like, no one valued DeRozan to the point where the Lakers didn't make a play on him. Yeah, I think people thought it was more from the perspective that they were, like, just solid all around every position. Mm -hmm. Not that they had an MVP candidate at one position. Yeah, and I think DeMar's going to get MVP votes. I don't know how many MVP votes that Giannis is going to get, truthfully. Because I, I think it's just his team's too good, and I feel like it's going to come at a detriment to Giannis. Oh, yeah. but, but I did, I made sure to include him in my mm. third team. Um, But there really wasn't like a lot of guys left that you could really realistically say. Our third team Maybe worthy. Bam over Towns. <laughs> I was thinking Bam over Towns, but I think that, like, and Bam, the Bam one was tough, but I got to give Towns his credit. I think the T Wolves figured something out. Mm. I think the T Wolves are doing something right this year. And I mean, you're the expert, so. Compared to last year and the year before, how do you feel about the T-Wolves? Uh, definitely, definitely better. I'd say, you know, a big thing is, you know, people will always clown them, but I think Beverly's definitely, I wouldn't say, you know, shape the culture, but he's definitely helping them build something culture-wise. I see our bench is a lot better as well. And yeah, I think, you know, Last season, you know, a few years before, they were, um, it was either Towns was on the block or, you know, yeah. he was at the top of the key. Yeah. And I think what they're doing now is, you know, put him in pick and roll action and they're putting him at the free throw line a lot of the times during these games. Mm -hmm. And I think it makes it hard to guard the offense because it's a lot harder to throw double teams in that part of the court. For sure. I think as they do that, I think, I think it's making the offense a lot better. Yeah. Uh, the question is, is, 
question is, is like come playoff time. I don't, I don't have trust in Towns to get those same points. So really, it'll be interesting. Okay. Any reason why? Just because of like what's happened before? Uh, yeah, you know, it's always good to have previous sample sizes. I also think that I just think it's the way he gets his points. Like, I think if the defense tightens up on him and the refs aren't, you know, they're in the playoffs, they're not going to call the same fouls. Yeah. He swallowed the whistle up. He's not going to get those same easy shots because, you know, he doesn't he doesn't have these difficult shot making, you know, type. You know, he doesn't have that in his you know, arsenal. Yeah, his bag's not that deep. He's got a deep bag, but his bag's not that deep. It's not Jokic or Embiid deep. At least from the center position, so. But I th- I think that's where I like D'Lo. Yeah. I think D'Angelo Russell, with, uh, like, his playoff basketball really boils down to playing four out with a pick and roll. And I feel like with Cat, I know D'Lo's not the strongest finisher, but... You can even mix it in with Ant. And I feel like that's what is probably going to be like that. Ant's going to have the ball. Game like game on the line. You need like say you're down five. You need a bucket. Ant's going to have the ball. Actually. I don't know. Maybe, but. You know, looking at it lately, I, they seem to trust a few guards for Ant lately, so. I think Ant's oh, like a sneaky big, like he, and I don't even think he knows this or like the Timberwolves coaching staff knows this. Ant's attractive on the, like he's super, super contagious on the floor. Like he gets attention from a lot of different guys. And if they figured that out and started utilizing him with that more, because you know that like D'Lo is going to try and create. That's his game. He's going to try and create a, either a shot for himself or he's going to try and get someone open in a corner. Yeah, or... Definitely thread the needle in the pick and roll. Yeah. With, And that's why I, I super like D'Lo because he's good in the mid-range. He's decent in the three ball. Um, he's not, Like I said, he's not the strongest finisher, but I think come playoff time having him as your primary ball handler having ant who i feel like can create a shot need be with towns as like the pillar like who can go to work and set big screens pick and pop pick and drive i I wouldn't want to face the timberwolves if i'm the lakers another name to come playoff time that you know if the wolf, you know, all case scenario, if the wolves can get into the playoffs, past the plan, a name to look out for, I'd say, is Jalen Noel. I was gonna say that, yeah. Noel's I, been. I think the playoffs is built, not built entirely off of, but I think in the playoffs, I think you need to have a mid range. For sure. Like when the whistles tighten up and defenses tighten up in general as well, Noel is, you know, definitely a bucket getter. So. Yeah, and the he's, he's one of those guys that he's an effort guy. Like, he's a good bench guy. He's, 
I've seen him play since high school. Yeah. I've seen him play since high school. He went to Garfield. Um, his oh. coach was Brandon Roy. He's just, he's just, a, he's a dude that you'd want to be on your team because he's not afraid of any moment. Yeah, definitely. He's, he's long, he's lanky, and he's, he's just a good guy to have out there. He's a decent shooter as well. I don't know what he's shooting, but I know he's got a good stroke this, um, this year. A and good handle, good finisher. Yeah, and that, like, he's a good bench player and he's a he's a guy that they could realistically have out there in a playoff series and he's super young too like he's, he's got to be what, 22 <laughs> yeah you you mix that in with like pat bev off the bench um maybe vanderbilt can get you decent minutes there's apparently reports that you know, if the Wolves do make it to the playoffs, that they're going to cut Nas minutes short. So, I think you'd have that'll, to. That'll be interesting because I guess at that point, Vando is your backup center. So, yeah, and I, yeah, I can even see Vanderbilt not even getting tons of minutes because if you can't shoot, it's tough to be out there. But I think that they have enough shooting to where they could get him out there just for his defense. Also, it depends on matchups. It depends on who they're yeah. playing as well. Because the, the West, I wouldn't say, is super forward heavy. Super big heavy, even. It's more of a, a guard-dominated conference. Um, so if they had him out there, realistically, you'd want to be facing a team like New Orleans with Ingram. Um... I guess he can even... I could see him guarding Luka. I think Ant would want that assignment, but in the playoffs, I don't think he can give it to him. Mm. Yeah, at least not bad. Then, you know, try to do anything on offense. Mm -hmm. It'd be gas completely. But I'll tell you what, Ant has... He's exceeded expectations for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember... <laughs> Remember during draft time, you were not a big fan. I do remember that. Yeah, I'll admit it. Like, I, I won't say I'm wrong about him per se, but he's he's still doing what I didn't like, and that was just the the Kobe shots, the high volume Kobe shots, which Tatum did for a long time. He kind of cut it out of his game. Um, and right now in the regular season you can get away with it but we've yet to see him in a playoff situation so I'll reassess the Anthony Edwards situation once the, once we get to the playoffs but fair enough <laughs> he had a he had a couple big games this year didn't he more more so in uh, I'd say probably like middle half of the year because I, I don't know I feel like people are you know, keeping it low key, but he's been pretty bad, even like really bad these past you know month or two. So, mm -hmm. but yeah, during the you know middle part of he the season, he's fifty. It's a big games. Yeah, almost. And that was early in the year. Yeah, that was that was when Towns was on the complete bottom of the chart. Yeah, he was 
Yeah, it was rough. And speaking of the Wolves getting 50-point games, like, let's talk about some former T-Wolves getting some 50-point oh. games. Corey Brewer scored 51 for the Wolves. That was... That was a lot of cherry picking that game. <laughs> yeah, tons. Um, just a, another Timberwolf with a 50-point game, Mo Williams. Mo Williams, yeah. That's I, crazy. Yeah. That, Mo I Williams. Think, I think until Towns in 2018, I think Mo was the leading... Leader for most points in the game for the Timberwolves. <laughs> thank, thank you, Towns, for breaking that record twice. Talk about another Timberwolf with a 50-point game. Jamal Crawford. Jamal Crawford. Oh, yeah. What is it with Minnesota guys? Eric Rose, I think, at 50. <laughs> Eric Rose, 50 points <laughs> for the Timberwolves. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I don't know what's in these waters. <laughs> All those lakes, yeah. man. Plenty yeah, of water to be, pick from. It's gotta be something to make 50 point performances like this. <laughs> what would be the most obscure 50 point game for you? Because like I wrote down in our notes, for me it's Giannis's 50 in game seven. He did that fresh off of an injury, and he did that, I think he was 17 of 18 from the line. That's the weirdest 50. Yeah, that's the weirdest 50 point game for me. I remember watching that too, because I was big on, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to see the Suns win. I wanted to see the Bucks win. So, see, you know, what Giannis did, you know, despite the injuries that series. Yeah, I was not expecting that. He, he was a pretty volume guy in the playoffs, too. Um, traditionally, I mean... Because he does, granted, he doesn't play a lot of minutes in the regular season, so it is hard to tell, but he was putting up a lot of shots. A lot of, like, a lot of free throws as well, but that's uh, part of his game. Like, people get on Embiid for the free throw thing. Giannis is shooting 12 free throws a game. Yeah, it's a lot. That is a lot of free throws, but... Is what it is. Who's your title favorite right now? Who's my final favorite? Mm -hmm. uh, if CP3 comes back and, you know, he's relatively healthy, I'd definitely see the Suns, I think, at the moment. They just seem to be a step ahead. But, you know, the East, I think the East playoffs is going to be better, though. I think there's a lot more... Really good matchups coming from that. The East is going to be crazy. I think the playoffs as a whole is going to be crazy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. The Warriors, they're they're downward spiraling right now at the wrong time. The league is, I think. Mm -hmm. I'm excited to see Luka. Luka, man. Yeah. He had a... He had a comeback win tonight. The Mavs were down by 12, and they came back and won it at the buzzer. Saw that. Crazy. It's crazy. Like, obviously, they didn't have Kyrie, but the Nets, they looked frustrated. 
they look super frustrated. And I'm looking at their box scores. And there's just some like glaring things, right? Bruce Brown is shooting it seven, 16 times. I don't even know how you could get to get to shoot 16 shots. What is, what is his article on that end? Um, a lot. I was watching the game a lot, and KD, I he played 40 minutes. He was getting double teamed for 30 of it. Oh. End of the game with 23 points on 20 shots. Couldn't really get to the rim because the the bigs for the Nets they just clogged the lane. And Bruce Brown, of his 16 shots, only two of them were threes. Uh, Drogic had 21 points like on 16 four. shots. Yeah, it's crazy. It's just they have a weird dynamic. Without Kyrie, that's... I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't think Ben Simmons really fits that team. Unless they're trying to play Ben Simmons at center play, yeah. or power forward, maybe. But he can't be point guard for that team. That's a given. You can't have Simmons and Drummond on the court at the same time. No, I don't think that's, so either. That's going to be something. Drummond had 17 rebounds. Eight of them were offensive rebounds. I wonder if the plus... I didn't watch the game, but the plus minus seems like a talent stat for Drummond. Because you were saying he was clogging up the lane. So a despite lot. the good yeah. numbers, his plus minus is pretty poor. Yeah. There were moments where, like, KD was going for a drive and Drummond was just right there. And he had to dish it out to, like, Mills, who wasn't on his game tonight. Him and KD got into a shouting match late in the game. Uh, but then you said Luca was just playing just elite. He was an elite offensive player tonight. Mm -hmm. He made points. Yeah, he made points. Dinwiddie hit the big bucket, but I mean, Luca was 14 for 26. Everyone else on his team was, I think, less than league average for scoring. So they're just getting it done by playing Luca ball, and it's working. When it works, it really works. When it doesn't work, it's tough. And I just, I really want to see the Mavericks get past the first round because right now they've kind of been the first year in the bubble. I feel like they kind of got cheated out of it. Truth be told, I think the officiating was kind of dodgy and with the whole like Porzingis um, ejection and then no Clippers got ejected or flagrants or text the, rec the rest of the series. Um, it was just really weird. And then last year, ran up against the Clippers again and gonna get it done but right now yeah, would, you, Luka, would you take everything right would you take luca right now playing luca ball or would you take harden right now take luca <laughs> like i don't know i like we've seen Harden, you know, flash 18, 1900 a few times, you know, recently, but I just think Luca's a better player now. Yeah. Because even if you look on it at his defensive numbers, like, still playing relatively decent defense. 
think. <clears throat> Playing decent defense. Now he's he's not guarding the one or two best offensive player on the other team, but I feel like defense as a whole is more of a team thing than an individual thing. Especially in, in today's basketball, because there is no there's no real one on one like it was in the nineties when there was illegal defense. <clears throat> Surely it's just hey, I'd rather have Luca as well. I agree with you. I think um, the more interesting question would be, you know, prime Harden, you know, with the Rockets versus Luca, you know, running the one man show type offenses. I still feel like I'd take Luca. Mm. I feel like he just gives you a little bit more. Like, granted, Luca's doing this in the fourth quarter with two centers, right? James Harden never played with a center besides Harden or uh, Howard, but they got rid of him, and their center was like PJ Tucker. They did have Capella for like, I think, what, a few seasons? But yeah, when. When Harden's uptake really started, I believe Tucker was their center for a lot of it. Mm -hmm. Him and Dan Yule House. Dan Yule House. Yeah. That's a name. Yeah, I think he's out of the league, thank God. But just it's just weird. It's just weird. I don't know. I wasn't a huge fan of the seven seconds offense. It worked, but at the same time, like. I think what the Mavs are doing right now is also working. So, wait, well, ask me that question again after the playoffs. Because okay. I just need a little bit more sample size. Yeah, we'll right. have to see, you know, can Dinwiddie, Brunson, can they step up come playoff time? I think. I'm more worried think about Brunson. Sorry, think, what'd you say? I'm more worried about Brunson because. Yeah. He tends to shrink in moments. Oh, is that right? Yeah. He's... Yeah, when Luke has been in foul trouble, which happens about like once every five or six games, he becomes the primary ball handler and kind of just shrinks. Kind of just shrinks. I wonder if that's what they um, trade Dinwiddie for because I feel like that's the thing, you know? Yeah, you know, guards gotta take the load off Luca, you know, during these series because he's doing everything with the ball in his hands. Yeah, in the playoffs, he's gonna be playing about forty minutes a game. Gonna be taking twenty-five shots. Gonna be tough. It's gonna be tough to replicate in a series. So that's why I just want to see how they do. I think yeah, right now, right now, I think the Mavs get out the first. It looks like they won't play the Clippers, so. Yeah, I think right now it's the Jazz, which I would love that series because that would just expose Rudy Gobert. Uh, that's one of your favorite players versus the, the you do not like. My most hated yeah, player. Agree. Yes. Actively, I actively most. hate Rudy Gobert. I'm not a fan of him either, so. So much so he I was mean, not in my top 50. Uh, Porzingis was. Yeah. Jordan Clarkson was. Mike Conley was. Joe Harris was. 
Michael Porter Jr. was. Rudy Gobert was not. Oh, you're gonna get you're gonna get jazz fans come here talking about screen assist. <laughs> Gotta be careful. I'll, I'll talk to jazz fans about screen pickups then. <laughs> I, I watch the jazz play and I see Rudy Gobert. I see his guy come up and set a screen. I see Gobert take two steps backwards, thinking that Trey Young's gonna drive in on him. So here is the topic of the entire video. We've got the annual Anthony Bennett top 10 NBA bust draft. Get to it. Would you like the first pick, JJ, or the second pick? You know what? I'll, I'll take the second pick. Alrighty. Well, puts me in kind of a, a tricky position now. I would, I would like to preface Anthony Bennett is off limits because it is his draft. <laughs> um, and this is for the 21st century as well. So no Len Bias. Um, yeah, no 90s, no 80s, no 70s. This can be like any pick, not just number one. Any pick. Okay. Any pick. I've got a short list of 21 names here, just to be safe, because we we're we taking 10 each. Um, and you want to do the snake format? I pick one, uh, you pick two. Snake. Okay. So, I think no better way to kick it off with the first pick in the 2022 NBA bust draft the Soticos select Andrew Wiggins Andrew Wiggins Andrew All Wiggins All-Star starter the next LeBron the next Kobe next T-Mac whatever you want to call it Yep the next yeah Maple Jordan they called him with all his upside that he had, the most hyped guy since LeBron James didn't live up to it. And JJ here saw it firsthand as a Timberwolves fan. What were your first thoughts about the trade? And what were your final thoughts on Wiggins? The trade to Golden State? Uh, from Cleveland. Oh, from Cleveland. Um... I think at the time I was, I think I was happy about it because, you know, Kevin Love, he was a really good player, but I think it ran its course. We were looking for a rebuild. I don't think Wiggins was as highly touted after college as he was after high school, but it was still like, a, you know, we thought he could be a potential franchise guy, which he obviously did not, but I guess, you know, as a fourth, fifth, fifth um, option, he's a lot better suited. 100%. And I, right. he just, yeah. It, unfortunately, he had Hakeem Olajuwon on his college team, which didn't help his cause, but. <laughs> he would have got number one if he wasn't hurt. 100%. Yeah. Or if Cleveland wasn't Cleveland. Um, mm. So now, JJ, you have the next two picks in the draft. Next two picks. Well, I was watching 
you know, I was watching highlights of this guy. I was like, you know, he's he's the number two pick. He's got to have some rookie highlights on YouTube. And yeah, I think I'm going to go with Hashim to beat. Hashim to beat. I was looking it up and it really seemed like he was, like he, you know, played basketball lights. And in college, it was really just his height. You know, he wasn't core Navy. They have any arsenal on offense. And, you know, he's matched up with, you know, future NBA superstar, you know, Dewan Blair. He got absolutely cooked. If that wasn't a sign to not take a number two over, you know, Harden, Curry, DeRozan, then I don't know what was. You know how they, you know how they say some players have a deep bag? Yeah. Sheem the Beats bag was a Ziploc bag, bro. I'm telling you what. <laughs> That's how deep his bag was. He was giving you a two-handed dunk and nothing else. <laughs> yeah, height and a two-handed dunk. Basic big man under the basket dunks. Alright, yeah, the go, next pick the also belongs to you. Oh, you know what? That's a decent shout. I might try and put together like an actual team. Hmm. Like one through five, and then a bench one through five. That's what I'm gonna do. Okay. Uh, the next pick belongs to you. All right. So we're we're building kind of teams then. <laughs> Works for me. All right. Yeah, that's gonna switch it up here. I gotta. So I got bust. Hmm. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the. I'm gonna go with the forward. Going with the forward. Okay. Uh, you know. I definitely, you know, if you had to choose one, Luka Donacek or, you know, this, this stud <laughs> of a man. Yeah, you take my pick. And I think you got to go to Marvin Bagley. It's a number two pick <laughs> in this draft and in real life. Yeah, you took my pick. <laughs> you took my pick. Oh, no. That really messes me up, too. But not too bad because I, you know me, I have... I have a deep bag when it comes to NBA analysis. Yeah, so you okay. went ahead and took Bagley. Mm -hmm. Let's see. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it back to you right here, JJ. Mm. We're gonna stay in Minnesota. Minnesota. And we're gonna talk about a forward who took it to my Duke Blue Devils. Oh no. <laughs> and we're gonna take <laughs> Derek Williams. Oh, that was that was my man. That was I was super fan number one of that man. Derek Williams. I will what a stud. What a pick. What a pick. Alright, and I got the next pick. Let's see. I'm thinking think about going with a guard here. Point guard, because there's not a whole lot. Point guard. So I'm gonna take the wonder from down under, Dante Exum. Dante Exum. <laughs> Dante Exum, baby. The, the 2K15 my career. Yeah, villain. the villain. <laughs> Dante oh, Exum. Man. All right. So, Next I two picture with you. Who am I going to take? Oh, all right, I got it. 
So, you know, this this one hits home. You know, this was the... Yeah, you, you got your, you know, Zion. You got your um, Ja Morant. <laughs> a lot of, you know, analytic places said, you know, said this was the third best guy in the draft. <laughs> we we got him with the sixth pick, the Timberwolves in. That would be Jarrett Culver. Jarrett Culver. That's a good pick right there. That is a the good do it all forward with some defense. Yep. I think he shot like 40% from the free throw line in his rookie season. Yeah, that's not bad. Not bad at all. Yeah. yeah he's, he's just bad at basketball. I yeah. think a big part of that is his confidence. He's probably the worst I've seen. <laughs> not a bad pick right there. All right. The next pick is yours. The next pick. I, I need a, I need a point guard that can't pass. You know, we we got a lot of floor spacers. You know, Jared Culver, Marvin Bagley, Sheep the Beat. <laughs> I think I'm gonna go with Dennis Smith Jr. All right, I fire. Not, Not bad. Where did he go to school again? I think he went NC State. I think. Yeah, sounds about right. Next, Derek Rose. They call him. Yeah. Well, um, my guy. They called the next Scotty Pippen. Mm. <laughs> called him the next Scotty Pippen, and I'm gonna look up his NBA draft net really quick to see what his uh. I want to see what his his final comp was before he got drafted. I want to see what this hype was. They called him Andre Iguodala after yeah. his after his freshman year at Kentucky. At Kentucky. We're going with Michael Kidd Gilchrist, the second pick oh. of the 2012 NBA draft. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> this guy was uh he was supposed to be the next Scottie Pippen, the next guy to he was supposed to be the the three and D guy. He had a lot of jump shot potential. Apparently, he's an excellent finisher, uh, soft hands, and this was the guy that was supposed to be Kemba Walker's like his third option with with hopefully a big man soon, but didn't end up working out, did it? It didn't did end not. up working out. Never got a jump shot. Never could create a shot, and um, I just. Just sad. Just sad. Well, yeah, the no. next the next guy, we're going to go to my Duke Blue Devils. Duke Blue Devils? Who would that I need a center. And how about the dominant big man from Chicago, Illinois, Jalil Okafor. What Tim a player Duncan. he was. The next, absolutely. Yep, the next Tim Duncan. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I, I did a shoot around with this guy when I was in high school, and my first, my first impression was, this guy looks so stiff. His footwork wasn't there, and you saw that in the in the national championship game when 
Frank the Tank Kaminsky was giving him the business. <laughs> which ultimately... Yeah, which ultimately... Took him from the consensus first pick in the draft over Towns to the third pick. And he went over some decent names. He went over Porzingis. He went over Miles Turner, Devin Booker, Kelly Obrey Jr., uh, Larry Nance Jr. Probably, if you just look at the win shares per 48, he's 27th in his draft. Mm. You know who's above him? Frank the Tank Kaminsky. <laughs> so, of course Frank, it's Frank the Tank. He has been see. haunting him. Gosh, All right. I believe you have the next two picks. Next two picks. You know, I was, you know, I might have been cheating, you know, looking up, you know, some ideas. And this this is this is not my pick, but on one of the lists at 30 was Carl Anthony Town. I'm not pretty funny. <laughs> I like it. I like it. But that's not my pick. I'm just I'm kind of scanning through here. Do I need a shooting guard? Hey, this is your, is this your bench, right? Uh, I, I got, I think, uh, I think this is your last. I think it's my the, fifth pick. Yeah, your fifth and then your sixth man pick is what this is. Okay, fifth pick, 21st century. All right, I'm going to I'm going to go with uh you know, I don't know if he can guard the twos, he probably can't, but you know, we're going to go with him. <laughs> Call him the Larry Bird college basketball. Oh boy. Adam Morrison. <laughs> <laughs> that was my next pick. God he is it. going to absolutely cook your team for doing a <laughs> doing a game scenario. Gonna, but I don't know about his defense. <laughs> it's going to be rough. That was my next pick. Oh man. Tough, that's tough, that's tough. See, I don't want to pick a guy because their career didn't turn out because of injuries, you know? I've got Jabari Parker on my short list, Greg Oden on my short list, where if I feel like if you simulated their careers ten times, both of those guys are making an all-star team at least once, right? So I don't want to pick an injury bust. I just want to pick a pure, like, this guy was meant to be sick, and he just wasn't, right? So that's what I feel I'm... like I know where you're going with this. You have the next pick, but I'm still thinking. Oh, I do. Name. Okay. Who am I going to go with? All right, I'm going to go with... um. I don't think I picked, you know what? This guy is gonna be, it's gonna be due to injuries, but I'm, I'm gonna take the the self blow here. This <laughs> this will be my shooting guard. Okay. I'm going to take Johnny Flynn. Oh boy. I'm uh, going to he was not put on my him at my shooting guard. That's we're a good gonna pick. rock with it. That is a good pick. He was not on my list, mind you. 
Yeah, I had a few yeah, other these guys. Came from hurt memories. <laughs> yeah. Deep down. It's not a bad pick right there. And it stays with your Hashim the Beat draft. Mm -hmm. Um Yeah, that's a that's a tough one right there. The I I'm going for a theme here with my bench, because my first pick here is my sixth man. Mm. My bench theme is going to be floor spacing. Guys who just, no matter what they did, were offering floor spacing, good rotation of the ball, um, fearless in terms of scoring the ball. And uh, that's that's the direction that I'm going to be headed in uh, with my next selections. Um, just getting a last little glance over my list really quickly. I know I'm on the clock here, but I think I'm pretty, I think I'm pretty solid on who I'm going to select here. Um, Yeah, I'm looking good here. All right, so for my sixth pick in the Anthony Bennett 2022 NBA bust draft, I would like to select from the Philadelphia 76ers, Evan Turner. Evan Turner. <laughs> Evan Turner, who was the consensus... Yeah, the consensus number two in that draft. He went over some very good names. Mind you, DeMarcus Cousins, Gordon Hayward, Paul George, Larry Sanders, who was still Larry Sanders at the time. Um, he went over some very good guys. Lance Stevenson, which you're not going to take Lance second, but... That was a pretty pretty decent draft looking at it. And in terms of win shares per 48, Evan Turner's 30th in that draft. 30th. Oddly enough, huh? Hassan Whiteside's number one. Oh, Hassan Whiteside. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Evan Turner. He's going to be Evan my... Turner, okay. going to be my shooting guard off the bench. All right. I'm trying to I'm trying to remember what my team was here. I got Dennis Smith, Johnny Flynn, Sheen the Beat. Just making sure I don't pick two people twice here. <laughs> there you go. Johnny Flynn. Uh Hashim the Beat. You got the dude from your Bagley. team. Yeah, you got Marvin Bagley. Adam Morrison. Adam Morrison. Uh, who's the who's the guy that you guys drafted? I, I already put down Flynn. There was another one. Smith, Flynn, Morrison, Bagley, the beat. Yeah, there's another one in there, like a, a two guard or something. Trying to. I think he might be on your team right now. He said oh, he yeah. has no confidence. No, no, we traded him. But yeah, I know you're talking about Jared Culver. Jared Culver. All right. All right, I'm going to write yours down as well. Uh, so you've got Flynn, Morrison, Colvert, Bagley, The Beat. Am I missing one there? Uh, I, yeah, I got Dennis Smith Jr., 
Dennis Smith Glenn Jr. Culver, Morrison, Bagley, the beat. There you go. Okay. So you're on your seventh and eighth pick. Where are we going? Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, I, I think the I think the problem is it's my backcourt does not have enough shooting. Oh. So I think we're gonna we're gonna fix that here. We're gonna we're gonna take Frank the tank, but you know, smaller tank. Drafted by the the New York Knicks. All right, I'm safe. Perfect. You're safe. Yeah, I had, I have a few guys on my bench that uh that they're called floor spacers, you know. <laughs> okay. So yeah, that is my first pick. Second pick. This is a tough one. Who is my second pick? Who was your first pick? I just forgot to write it down. Frank uh, Nielakila. Okay. Second. Probably, probably go back to the big man. I, I wouldn't say Bagley is a traditional big when we just got the beat. The beat, who you know, his only skill is being big. So we're gonna we're gonna bring some skill to the table. We're we're gonna take Bargnani. Bargnani. Andrea Bargnani, good yeah. pick. I was thinking him, but I need a little bit more shooting. He might, he might be too good for this. Twenty yeah. points per game, but. All right. Well, like I said, I need a little bit more shooting. Um, and you know, the guy that I'm about to take was taken over some pretty good guys. Some pretty good guys. I do have two picks here, and I'm going to use all my time on the clock. Um, going to stick with the 2003 draft here and talk about a power forward center from Serbia mm. that was, you know, for all intents and purposes, maybe the second, not the second best player in the draft, but maybe best project in the draft behind LeBron James. We're going to go Darko Milicic. Darko Milicic. Yeah, career um, career BPM in the minus. I believe he ended his uh, tenure in the NBA with the Minnesota Timberwolves, and that's uh, that's going to be my center off the bench. Darko Milicic. I'm liking it. See, that's a good pick. <laughs> now, Oh, and I believe Darko's, uh, I believe his three-point percentage for his career was zero. So, or at least space in the floor there. Mm. Uh, for this guy, 2016 NBA draft, um, it was really a toss-up on who would go first. Would it be Ingram? Would it be Simmons? Mm. Or could it be You're this? Take my pick. Could it be this guy, who is a little bit more developed than Kristaps Porzingis, which is what oh, we were no. told. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm gonna this, go with Dragon Bender. Bargnani after Bargnani, right here. Dragon Bender is my pick, baby. The best, best name in the NBA. More developed than Porzingis. And career, thirty-two percent shooter from the 
39% from the field. <laughs> yeah. His, uh, his career EFG was 49%. Dragon Bender. My pick. Uh -huh. Five points a game. Three rebounds a game. No blocks per game. <laughs> Fourth pick in the draft. That's going to be my power forward. All right. So, yeah. So yeah you kind of stop me. You like my pick. You have the next two picks to round out your top ten. All right. So, I got my, got my backup point guard. Got my backup power forward. I guess we're moving Culver to the bench. So, he's probably going to be the two or the three. So, we need a center. You need a center. Yanni's not going to get it done. Nope. I think we need to bring in the, the showstopper himself, drafted by MJ. Oh, boy. I was we're, not touching him. I was not going to touch we are him. Going, we're going to bring him in. You know, <laughs> Kwame Brown. You look up the highlights. He Kwame was in a big body. <laughs> Unbelievable. Look, look up the highlights. He was he was special. He was, was built he different. He, he definitely was. <laughs> I can't. I. Uh, yeah. I can't blame you for that pick. Can't blame you for that pick. All right. And who's going to be your final pick? Who's going to be my of the draft or all of this two picks? Run out of names here. Yeah. This rounds out your top 10. All right. Well, what's the timer right now? I uh, got, you got like 50 seconds. Left on the 50. clock. Alright. Let's go to the draft board here. Let's look through some names. It's, a, it's an option. Oh, I think. I think you're looking for a forward here. I got... Culver, I got. So that's my three. I got Frank. That's my PG. You also have Dennis Smith Jr. I think I need a shooting guard. Who will be my shooting guard? I think I'm going to take. It's a tough one. Wait, forward. Uh, we can, you know what? Let's move. Let's move Culver to the two. You know, we, we need some definite swag on this team. And we're lacking <laughs> it. We're, like we're going to bring Michael Beasley on the yeah, squad. He was, he was going to be on my team. He was going to be my bench three. Michael Beasley. That's a good pick. Reportedly beat LeBron James in a 1v1 behind the scenes. So <laughs> yeah. why that not bring him along here? That's a very good pick. So I'm glad that I reached and took Bender at eight because I had him as pick. my ninth pick. But we're going to stay in that 2016 draft for my ninth pick. Okay. We're, we're going to take the guy who had the most upside, who they said can develop, if he can develop a jump shot, can be the next LeBron James. <laughs> <laughs> And we go. are taking Ben Simmons. We're Whoa. taking Ben Simmons. Backup point guard. Backing yeah, up Dante lost. Exum. 
physical specimen over here. Now I'm I'm having a a tough time here. Who to take for my last pick? It is shrinking a lot. I have a good short list of names, I would say. Because I, since I have my two European forwards, I can really go anywhere with this, you know. I can yeah. I can slot Dragon at the three, put Darko at the four, pick a center, or I could pick a four or a three. I could really even pick a point guard and put Simmons at the three. I like everyone just here is diverse. I could put Evan Evan Turner at the three, Evan Turner at the one. He's got a bunch of point forwards. That's that's what, and I think we should stick in that direction. Mm. But I, I, it's the last pick of the draft. I got to make it a good one. Um, so I guess got to pick someone monumental. There's a few guys on my short list that I think would just be some absolute beasts for this final pick. Mm. Um, this guy, you know, he was taken in the f first round, fifth pick, and he was slated to be the running mate of Victor Oladipo for the next seven to ten years in Orlando. Mm. Now, it, like, the, the three-headed monster was looking like Alfred Payton, Victor Oladipo, and this guy. This guy. And this guy, this guy was, I remember on draft night, they said that this is, this is one of the only guys in NBA that has a chance to win the dunk contest and the three point contest in the same night. Mm. And for my 10th pick in the draft, this guy scored a 94 out of a hundred on NBA draft net. Oh, from, nice, yeah. From FC Barcelona. Going Mario Hazonia. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> what a pick. Just pulling that out. Mario Hazonia. What a pick. The six foot eight guard forward from Croatia. European Kobe. European Kobe. In the building. This guy was meant to be. They said at 16 years old, he's the best player in his draft class. Wow. <laughs> Quite high he was praise. Yep, he was named the MVP of the European Championships, averaging 20 points, 8 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 steals. And then, uh, let's see, what, what was the craziest thing he did in the NBA? I think he blocked a LeBron game winner. Um, he had some dunks. Yeah, he he played a lot of minutes. Yeah, he played a lot of minutes on the uh, on the Knicks, and he's out of the league now. Mm, makes sense. Not even out of his rookie contract, and he's out of the league. Um. Yeah, Mario Hazonia made twenty-one million dollars, and he got waived by the Grizzlies. When was that? This season? Or? That would be uh, two years ago, December 2020. Two years? Yeah, that makes sense. I haven't heard about him lately. 
So solid, uh, solid draft. You want to go over your your uh, your roster right now? Uh, definitely. I got a in the backcourt. I got a two-headed monster and a Dennis Smith Jr. and Johnny Flynn. Johnny okay. Flynn. <laughs> definitely a lot of uh, high high quality play. We got a uh, Adam Morrison at three. Double jump Bagley at the four. <laughs> Can do it all seven foot five seems to beat. <laughs> on the on the bench we got smaller Frank the tank, of course. Yep. Uh, uh at the two we got who do we got the two? Looks like Jarrett Culver. Okay. At the three we got team captain Michael Beasley. <laughs> team captain. You know, he's on the bench, team captain, at the four, Bargnani, next Dirk, and at the five, Kwame Brown. Rounds it. it out. Love it. And that's going against my 10, which is um, starting at point guard. We have the Wanda from Down Under. Don't say Exum, mate. That was going to be Ben Simmons for a second. <laughs> uh, don't say Exum. And then at the two guard, because we're playing uh we're playing relatively big here. We've got Maple Jordan himself, Andrew Wiggins. He'll be posting up Johnny Flynn. <laughs> <laughs> at the uh at the three, we're talking Michael Kidd Gilchrist, who will be just absolutely locking up Adam Morrison. Um at the four, we have a, I would say a similar archetype. Similar archetype to Marvin Bagley, and that's Derek Williams can just jump out of the gym. Um, never really found an identity as a ball player, though, except you know, just the Duke killer, the vibe mm -hmm. thriller, and then uh, starting the big man in the middle, the next <laughs> Tim Duncan himself, Jalil Okafor, who I was going to take a Mecca Okafor, but I had to settle for the Dookie Jalil. What, what a center matchup down in the middle. Seems to be personal. One guy who can only play offense and one guy who can only play defense. Should be, be something. A, some good post-ups. Uh, coming off the bench at any position, we've got Ben Simmons. At any position, we have Evan Turner. At any position, we have Mario Hazonia. Versatility. At uh, the 3 4 5, we have the guy who's more developed now than Porzingis, Dragon Bender. <laughs> and potentially the greatest project in NBA history, Darko Milicic. Darko Milicic. Yes, sir. Yeah, what a team. Solid team. Definitely. Solid team. Apparently, Darko Milicic's nickname is the Human Victory Cigar. <laughs> we'll take it. I'll absolutely take it. Sounds like a stud to me. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that is the the Anthony Bennett Top 10 NBA Bust Draft. Uh, let us know who you guys think won on social medias in the comments. And to finish off the pod, we're going to talk about the NSA 2A tournament. We're going to talk about, I mean, just what are you looking forward to? I know you're a big NBA draft guy. Um, is there anyone in particular that you're looking forward to 
watching like this is your expertise so i'm gonna turn it over to you my expertise yeah i'm not a big college basketball guy but i do like looking at the prospects mm -hmm. i just i just say the top guys you know looking at chet and paolo and jabari smith just that big three and see how they do yeah just looking how they do i think it's gonna be interesting you know you know, how, how are these guys going to handle? I don't, I don't think it's going to matter much in their draft stock, but do you think games like these could, you know, flip that top three? Yeah, because I, I think we saw it happen with Jabari Parker. Because mm. I think going into the tournament, he was the favorite, and then Duke kind of just got disheveled. I forgot who Duke faced in the tournament. Um,. But he really band. didn't have a good tournament. And it was an upset loss, too, from what I remember. Um, I'm looking it up now. It was Mercer. That's who it was, yes. That's Mercer. the 215 speed matchup. Yep. Oh, I remember betting on Duke. I was not happy about that. I think I am going to Final Four that year. <laughs> And uh, Jabari was... Parker, the thing that also messed up his draft stock was he tweeted that he's thinking about returning for his sophomore season. Um, that was a good Duke team, too. They had Rodney Hood. They had a good team. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I do think the tournament definitely, because that's when the biggest eyes come to play. That's when the most people are watching. So I think the prospects are looked at like can they perform under pressure can they live up to the hype and i think that's that's the huge like thing with the nba draft it's always it's all about the hype like who's who's riding the hype the most um so right now I think who like who would you take first right now if you were let's look at the nba standings and see the bottom four teams um maybe the rockets worst magic pistons yeah rockets are worst rockets magic pistons and thunder so if you were the houston rockets right now you're losing christian wood you're losing john wall you just signed Jalen green where do you go it's gonna be it's gonna be tough i think i think the rockets are in a good position honestly because i think a lot of top guys are forwards Mm -hmm. personally right now i think i think with the rockets i don't think you want i don't think it matters to you if you get you know the best guy right now more so the guy with the highest upside yeah in that case i would i would take chat you take chat yeah I yeah think it's a it's a weird year because like Chet's probably, like, we'll call Chet a power forward. Call him a four. Because mm -hmm. uh, I don't think he's strong enough to play the five in the NBA oh, right not. now. So we'll call him a four. I mean, arguably three of the top prospects are power forwards. And they're all flawed in some way. Yeah. Jabari, you know, Jabari Smith is a three and D. You know, people say ceiling, you know. What is he? You know, Paolo is 
probably more NBA ready, I would assume, but you know, they've, they've compared him to Julius Randle. Yeah. You know, um, how high is his ceiling? And is this going to be another year where it's like the Anthony Bennett, Anthony Edwards pick with a guy like AJ Griffin? Depending on who gets the pick, he could go first. Uh, Jaden Ivey could go first. It all depends. Yeah. Um, I've seen some teams like Ty Ty Washington from Kentucky more than Ivy, which which is a stretch, but they're comparing Ivy to Jalen Green, uh, Dejounte Murray. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely gonna have to watch more of Ivy because I haven't seen as much of him as the other sure. guys. Looking at NBA DraftNet and just looking at the ratings. They're giving, they're giving Jabari Smith a 100 score. Yeah. I don't think we've seen a 100 in a long time. But yeah, I Dude, definitely not even potential. Well, I think, I think he fits the best in the modern NBA. Yeah. But then Aaron, again, Chris Bosh, Shard Lewis. Mm-hmm. So not bad. You'd take Chet. You'd take the project pick over the maybe the best player. I think so for the Rockets. If it was if it was the Rockets. What if you're Detroit? Pick. What if you're Detroit? You just drafted Cade. You've got Jeremy Grant for another two to what could be six years. What are you thinking about there? Maybe you, Jabari, uh, Jabari Smith. I don't know. It's a good question. Mm-hmm. Jabari Smith. Uh, I think Paolo is probably going to slip a pick or two. I, it, if he does yeah. something, Mark Madden is special. Who knows? But It's going to be tough for uh, AJ Griffin and Paolo because they're on the same team. That's true. Um, I didn't realize some some draft places have AJ Green or AJ Griffin uh Head of Paolo. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. <laughs> they, they, haven't even, they haven't even rated AJ Griffin yet. <laughs> it's going to be a super interesting draft, and I'm actually pretty excited for it. Yeah, definitely. I think. Uh, I think next year will be the the cream of the crop for. Yeah, like know. this. I've always like. I've known that the 2022 draft isn't going to be a good one. I wouldn't want the first pick in this draft because uh, there's just not not a whole lot that you're getting out of it. Whereas mm. next year's draft, it's a bit more deep. It's a bit more guard heavy, which is what teams like. Um, then you got um, Victor, you know, seven foot three prospect out of France. That's going to be a, it's definitely got high praise. Yeah, that's going to be yeah, another. Yeah, you got like, scoop. It's going to be another He's flyer pick. Yeah. That's going to be interesting. I think there's a lot, you know, you know, potentially franchise changing players in that draft. But this year, maybe a few all-stars, but yeah, it's going to be not as highly touted. Mm-hmm. Truth be told, like, I'm not huge on Scoot Henderson. I've watched a little bit of the G League with uh, Ziskeg. Not 
look he doesn't he doesn't look great Being, who are they comparing him to i haven't seen any of his comps or anything um but he just he just seems like a young point guard like a traditional young point guard if i had to compare him to somebody um maybe like a younger westbrook a little less athletic obviously but at the Who same would time, you take first in that draft? In the 2023 draft? Mm -hmm. I'd take Victor. I think I'd take Dariq Whitehead. Dariq Whitehead? Yeah, especially because... If I'm, because you got to think about who's going to be dog next year. It's going to be the Rockets, going to be the Pistons, and maybe Indiana. All of which pretty much have their their one guards sorted out. Um, and traditionally, you like to get a backcourt mate with them pretty early. And if he if he shows out. I'd, I'd go Derek Whitehead. He's still growing. He's going to go to Duke. He's playing at Montverde. No. Decent player. Uh, Cade went to Montverde. I think it'll work out. The reason why I would go with uh, Victor Wem and Yame is um, I think just, you know, if you watch them against um, Chet, he's 7 3. You know, sky's the limit. He can shoot fairly well. You know, it's decent. You know, he's mobile, decently mobile, especially for his size, really mobile. Mm -hmm. He can switch, block shots. Even in some clips, he even has some some kind of handle. It's just at seven foot three, he could be a very he could be a very special prospect. I think it's gonna be a you know, boom or bust. If he booms, he's gonna be something, you know, something crazy. Mm -hmm. You know, Porzingis plus plus. But yeah, we'll have to see. I also really like Derek Whitehead. Good defender. Um, he's McDonald's All-American. Uh, from his scouting stuff, it says that he's good size, good quick athleticism, smooth jump shot. I match that with Cade. Match that with a, a free agent big. Could do something. I think it's crazy looking at some of these mock drafts and seeing Amani Bates in the second round. Yeah. That's quite a fall. Have you been... You know, um, that's yeah. Have you, like, kept up with him? Amani? Uh, not much. I was... I heard, you know, he was, like, 6'9", and as a sophomore. He was... I think he won high school player of the year as a sophomore. Mm -hmm. That's when they're like best prospects since KD, and then I think in the I think they tested the Memphis athletes like in a combine thing. He was like six nine with like a six seven wingspan. He was slow and he had like a thirty two inch running vert and stuff, and mm -hmm. he struggled this season at Memphis. So he's kind of he's kind of like a. Or man's Ingram, I guess, at this point. Yeah. NBA Draft.net's comparing him to Reggie Miller, so. He's not that KD type 
you know player that they thought he was going to be looks like no but then again neither was Kavon Looney Kavon Looney he's like the exact opposite player. <laughs> that's the funniest thing I think it's funny that they ended up teammates as well won a title together Hmm. I mean, I guess credit to Looney, right? He kind of shaped his career how he had to be an NBA player. Uh-huh. He's still in the league, you know, as a starting center. So kudos to him. Worked out perfect. Yep, he did what he had to. All right, guys, that's going to do it for this week's edition. We've gone two hours, which that's nuts. Didn't even feel like it. But... Mm -hmm. Big thank you to JJ Creates for hopping on. Check out JJ Creates on socials at JJ Creates MN. Link will be in the description. And with that being said, any final notes, JJ? Y'all good? No. Glad the beer is fun. Fun to draft those teams. <laughs> yeah. Next week, uh, the first, I mean, geez, the first couple games of March Madness will have happened. So plenty will get out. Yeah, I got it 100%. Probably do that tomorrow for sure. All right, we'll see you guys later. Have a good one.